Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Brook with Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors. Mixed closes in both grain and livestock futures trade on Tuesday. But I want to start off talking about the soybean market. We had the reversal on Monday and we kind of extended gains today. Is this all short covering as we head into the WASD report? No doubt in my mind that the funds, some funds have decided to take some chips off the table in case we get a more friendly report tomorrow from the USDA, especially on their view of Brazilian soybean production. Um, also, you know, we're advancing harvest. We're about, I think, around 20% harvested, give or take. Usually when the market gets past the 25% mark, we start taking some of that harvest pressure away from the market. All these things suggest that there could be some kind of a you know post-harvest rally beginning to develop. And the funds, I am sure, and the algorithms that they follow are aware of that. Yeah. So as we go into the WASDE report, what kind of adjustments do we have to see on South America's crop for the funds maybe to cover some shorts or for them not to be even disappointed in this market or in this report? I think, I mean, right now we are out, we're at 156 is the number that the USDA and CONAB are at. I think if we were to come down to 150 million metric ton number for Brazil, that's probably would be a number that would be a little surprising. I don't think most people are looking for that and could create some momentum or some additional short covering and provide some momentum on the charts to, you know, go find some higher order uh, technical resistance. Yeah. And what about the corn market? Why was corn not able to follow soybeans today, especially when you had wheat up and you had crude oil up and it kind of went off on its own? Well, I, I think right now, you know, they're just starting to plant the safrina corn crop. Really hard to get excited about at planting time. They're not likely going to make any adjustments tomorrow for corn production in South America. You know, it's, it, we're not we're not far enough along down there for to worry about weather. We're just we just don't have a catalyst yet, um, you know, for the corner market specifically to get those shorts feeling they're on the wrong side of the market yet. And what would that catalyst be? Do we have to have problems with the second crop safrina corn or is this a demand play or what? I think for sure, you know, we need to get into the pollination period in March uh, to start worrying the market about what kind of production we're looking at down there. Um, you know, I, and, and additionally, I think we just need to, to, to get to our planting season, what does that look like? How many acres does it look like we're going to get planted? What's the weather look like? We're just not far enough along for those weather catalysts to take the bearish stance that we're going to have too much corn for the foreseeable future off the table right now. Yeah. So corn closed back below 440, which has been pretty good long-term support, but we're still holding the contract low. So, you know, do we continue to hold the contract low in your opinion? I think we're going to. It's too early in the season, in my opinion, for the corn market to give up the ghost to the downside. We already have shorts as a percentage of open interest at the highest levels ever seen. So, so it's not like there's tons of speculative ammunition to drive the market down from here. Um, doesn't mean it can't go lower, but what I'm saying is I just feel this early in the season, I think the market's going to toe the line until we have more information about safrina corn and the start to our planting season. Will we see adjustments by USDA or CONAB this week here? Or if we do on corn, how much will it be? I don't think the USDA or CONAB are going to make much adjustments in corn. I think the adjustments are going to be made in soybeans because we're further along. We have more information. I believe there's a risk that we could come down from the 156 million metric ton area that we're currently at on both USDA and CONAB 
down closer to 150. To me, that would be a number that the market would start to get a little uncomfortable. And also remember this hot, dry weather we've had in Argentina for the last three weeks. There's a couple of outfits that in the last couple of days who are objectively have objective sensors and satellites are suggesting crop production in their view have fallen 10% in Argentina. I'm not sure that comes out in this report, but it's something that we need to look at that maybe that crop's not going to be as good as everyone is anticipating. No doubt. What about the wheat market? Um, did we just see some short covering today? I know yesterday the dollar was up sharply and it set back today. So that might've helped a little. The dollar's really, really, really impactful to the, the wheat market because it's so global. They grow almost everywhere in the world. So when the dollar starts to weaken or strengthen, it definitely can create some short-term movements in wheat. I think the bigger issue is a potential one in 50 year winter kill event that may be developing as we get into mid late February. We have the warmest 10 day period coming up here in a hundred years. Wheat winter wheat's coming out of dormancy for HRW and SRW. And if we get another polar vortex event that our work says is likely coming like we had in January that precedes snowfall, you know, we could have the wheat market in a very vulnerable position to damage the likes rarely seen for this time of the year. And that's definitely something that could be, you know, it could be a catalyst to get shorts out of the entire grain complex. That would be the kind of event that would make the upside risks to the market more uh, visible to funds who've had a one-way trade here for quite some time. Okay. Well, let's hope that's the catalyst today though. That's a little far out for the, for the futures traders to be trading, isn't it? It's a little far out. I mean, some of the longer term traders will start to look out 10 days and right. potentially weigh those risks. I would say later this week, certainly in the next week, it would be much more of the short term traders that would start to pay attention to that kind of forecast. Cut market. Boy, we've had a couple of nice up weeks. So we're getting close to the 90 cent mark. Do you think that we will take it out? And are we just bidding for acres? Well, we've had some very good demand. We had terrible production last year. We know we can't lose too many acres to cotton, especially if this demand continues to be strong. And so I just feel that the market, you know, had traded, I would call it the EKG of a rock. It was so quiet and sideways for months. And we finally broke out to the upside. However, having said that, this upper 80 cent, 90 cent area on the chart looks like formidable resistance. Cotton farmers in the U.S. are looking at those numbers. They pencil out very, very well. I really believe that we're at a point here where we're probably setting some kind of a short-term or intermediate-term top. I would be thinking about locking in those prices if I'm a producer and making some cash sales here. Good advice. Cattle market, more new highs for the move today. We've had some strong fundamentals, but are the funds finally back in here pushing this market too? Well, they've got real short at the end of the year. You know, they, they had gotten a, a big, big market decline uh, on weak beef cutout. Now those beef cutout prices had a big surge, up 10% here in the last few weeks, starting to roll over. We had a very bullish uh, cattle report out last week that got even more excitement about how tight these animals are. But, you know, a 50% retracement of the prior decline is a pretty normal technical pattern that we see oftentimes that leads to a cessation of the, of the rise. We think that we're probably going to do that. I don't believe demand for beef is going to chase beef cutout prices beyond where we are today. Once again, I think producers need to be looking at locking in cash prices here heading into the spring. This is a nice rally, a more profitable place for them to start doing that versus where we were just a few weeks back.
Gotcha. And hogs, I think, down for the fifth day in a row here and closing below some key support. Um, do you think we have more downside here? Do we correct more? I think we do. I, I think you know we don't have the same tight situation in the pork complex that we have in the beef complex. Even though the pork cutout price had a surge, we got to get China back on board in buying foreign pork and U.S. pork. And when you look at the the prices of piglets and the prices of their hog price and the prices of pork over there, we've had a little bit of a bounce, but not enough to suggest that they're going to be big buyers of our supplies anytime soon, which means any rally that we get on short-term supply demand concerns here is going to be short-lived. I think this was one of those rallies that's clearly starting to fade, and I think it has further to go. Gotcha. Very good. Thanks for joining us, Sean Hackett, Hackett Financial Advisors. That is Markets Now.